I think the key mindset shift that I had to make was when I started, I was a freelancer, of course, and I was just like, okay, where do I find clients? And that's it. I didn't really care about anything else. But then at one point I was like, okay, you know what? Even if I have clients, even if I'm fully booked, I should be building a brand. And I didn't do that from the start. And if I would start over, that would probably be step one. This is Debbie and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I'm so excited to speak with Anne, who helps podcasters monetize their show before they have thousands of downloads. She decided to mix her MBA in strategy with her long-term love for podcasting, which allowed her to create the Podcast Babes in 2019. So listen on to find out how Anne has been able to create remote income, helping podcasters grow their business. Hey everyone, thank you so much for being here. I'm really excited to be with my guest today. I'm here with Anne. Hey Anne, how are you? Hey Debbie, thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Before we get to everything, can you tell us a little bit more about you and why you live an offbeat life? Yeah, of course. I live my life as a digital nomad, uh, which is kind of a broad term, of course. But for me, that means that I work online. I have my own company called The Podcast Babes. And I move countries every few months, except for when there's a pandemic. That then (laughs) I live with my family (laughs) in the Netherlands. So that's not too upbeat at the moment. But usually I try to uh, change my home base every three months. That is incredible. I love that. And of course, I love that you're able to do this using your podcast because, you know, that's what we both do. And it is definitely something that is popping up. So many more people are doing it. What did you actually do before you started your company and what was it before and how did you make that transition? Yeah, to be honest, I didn't do much before I started my company because I went to university. I went to business school and to law school. I studied very hard for six years, got all my degrees to become a lawyer because I thought that was what I wanted. But then after getting all the degrees, I actually realized that that is really not for me. I don't think I am made for a corporate career in law. So I was kind of, I felt really lost after university. I had no idea I I knew very well what I didn't want to do, but then what the alternative was and what, what my career would look like, I had no idea. So I started traveling. I left my home country for a backpacking trip and I did that, just backpacking. I had some odd jobs in uh, Australia. I did my working holiday there. So I had some very random jobs uh, in hospitality. I worked at a strawberry farm and when I was in university, I went on on 
trips as well but then for like two or three weeks but now I went for like a year and a half and after a year and a half I knew okay I don't want to go home but this is not sustainable to do this much longer (laughs) either um, because the jobs that I had were just not great and I didn't enjoy that aspect of it but I also didn't want to go home and work in an office so I knew that I had to I had to find something something to do and starting my own business was always a dream that I had for someday you know like oh someday I want to have my own company I want to be my own boss but everyone always told me oh you're too young you should get a job first and get experience uh, learn from other people and make mistakes when you're working from other pe- for other people. And I was like, yeah, yeah, sounds, sounds legit. Yeah, okay, I'll do that. And then when I was traveling, I was like, you know what? I'm just go- going to do it now. <laughs> I'm just going to try it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> I did an online course to become a virtual assistant because I read about that online. And I was like, okay, you know, it sounds broad enough. And I, I still had no idea what, I, what exactly I wanted to do. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to take this course. And one of the modules in that course was about podcast management. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa, this is a job. (laughs) This is what people do for a living. That sounds awesome. Uh, I always listened to a lot of podcasts before when I was in university, when I was traveling almost every day. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, this, this is for me. Like, this is it. So I started working as a podcast manager. I did that for about a year and then changed more into podcast strategy, podcast monetization strategy. And that's what I do now. So that's that's the story, basically. That is amazing. I love that it came from really your passion to do something outside of the box and podcasting and anything in that sector is definitely outside of the box. So when you finally decided that this was something that you wanted to do and was there a what now moment, especially since this was fairly new to you and how you were actually going to start monetizing it and create income from it? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, so I started as a freelance podcast manager, so I didn't even have my own podcast back then. I just worked behind the scenes for other podcasters. And that was great to get some experience and to see how other people are doing it. After a while, I thought, okay, I want to do this too. I want my own podcast. So I started my podcast. I, I have two podcasts, actually. So one is called The Podcast Babes, which is my businessy podcast about podcasting. But I also have a podcast called Digital Nomad Stories, and that is my hobby podcast. I call it my hobby podcast because I interview really cool people who are also digital nomads, and I really do that for fun. So I started that podcast first, and my intention with that one was never really to monetize it. It was really just to have fun and connect with awesome people around the world. And I'm still doing that, so very grateful. But after a while, I also realized that I wanted to share my podcast knowledge that I got from working with all these different people, with all these these different podcasters, I wanted to share that. So I started a new podcast, which is the Podcast Babes. And that podcast, I monetized that podcast by finding new clients for my business. 
That is amazing. And I love that podcasting has really turned into an income source to you, not just your business when you first started, but the show itself. And that is definitely what a lot of people want to do, right? A lot of podcasters want to do. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? How were you able to get clients from your podcast from that show that you had? Yeah, definitely. So I was really, really clear from the start, this is what I do. So I am a podcast strategist. And since then, I niched down more and more into podcast monetization. But when I started, I was more like general podcast strategy. So also promoting podcasts and the episodes were also about different topics, but it was all podcast strategy related. And I made sure that the topic that topics that I talked about, even if it was with guests, I made sure that it was all very, very interesting for my ideal client. And my ideal client would be someone who is interested to hire me as a podcast strategist, of course. So I really looked at the content and I made it very clear what I did and how I could help listeners to level up their podcast. And that is how I got my first few clients from the podcast. Love that. That is incredible. Now, when you're starting a business, especially something that most people think is unorthodox, something that's outside of the box, right? There's not really guaranteed security like you would have in a regular nine to five. How did you get over that hump of not having a secure income and and how do you continuously make sure that you are prepared and you do have that quote unquote stable type of income that most people are always really you know worried about yeah very good question to be honest i don't know if i figured this out 100% myself but the good thing about digital nomad life is that it's super flexible so if I have a really good month, I can, of course, put money inside. But if I have a not so good month, I can just choose to live somewhere where it's cheaper or more affordable. And I don't have to spend as much money as the month before or a few months before. So I really love that about digital nomad life. But business wise, I changed my business model uh, about um almost a year ago, because when I started, I was just working as a freelance podcast manager and I was relying heavily on clients. And when the pandemic hit, some of my clients, they were heavily affected by more like the economic crisis that came from the pandemic. And that also meant that uh, two clients had to let me go. And that was not great because my work was good. They It was not like they wanted to let me go, but they had to just because of financial reasons. And that made me realize, okay, this business model is not sustainable for me because I'm relying too heavily on clients. So I need to find something that doesn't fluctuate as much or like that doesn't, I don't want to depend too much on clients, for example. So that is why I changed my business model into now it's, it's more high ticket mentoring. So that is already a huge change. I don't trade my time for money as much anymore. But also I have an online course that I sell. So I can just keep selling that. It's done. It's there. I can just keep selling the same course and help more people that way. So it's not also not like all my 
my income is depending on this one income source like I had before from clients. But now it's clients, but it's also this online course. And maybe in the future, I'll have more passive income streams. I also make some money from affiliate marketing, by the way, that's also really cool for podcasters. It's not huge yet, but it's there. It's set up. It's not nothing. So <laughs> I am definitely working on those passive income streams, just like you said, to make it a little bit more consistent and so that I don't have to rely too heavily on clients. Yeah, that's. I think that's a really good point to have is trading your time for money when you're starting out as a digital nomad or just a remote worker or just a worker in general, right? And there's a huge difference between the two in that you have to be there. You constantly need to make sure that you're working. And it's completely different than passive where you do the work in the beginning and then it just does all of that for you. Or you have high ticket clients where you are doing work, but it's actually less work if you can believe it or not. And you're making more money from that because they're really paying for your expertise, right? And not just the work that you're doing. Uh, so that is such a huge difference. And love that you're doing all of these different streams of income right now. And so for you, what do you say has been the biggest lessons that you have learned so far in this journey that you're doing in terms of working with clients and what you have found that has really worked for you and maybe something that you won't want to do again or you don't recommend for other people to do as well? Yeah. Oh, I learned so much. Oh my God, Abby. <laughs> um, I think the key mindset shift that I had to make was when I started, I was a freelancer, of course, and I was just like, okay, where do I find clients? And that's it. I didn't really care about anything else. But then at one point I was like, okay, you know what, even if I have clients, even if I'm fully booked, I should be building a brand. And I didn't do that from the start. And if I would start over, that would probably be step one is to uh, create content. So probably a podcast, of course, because I love podcasting. <laughs> but um, if you don't love podcasting, then a blog or I don't know, any kind of content that you can bring value to the world, I would 100% start with that step. Because that way you can, you can show the world at what you have to offer. You can show potential clients what you have to offer, but also people who want to do a collab with you, or I don't know, like there's just that this is so good for your visibility and you don't, you never know what will happen if someone finds your content and connects with you. You can find new friends, new business partners, new clients. And I think that is a mistake quote-unquote mistake that I made at the start I was just looking for the next client and that was it I didn't even have really a brand it was more like oh this is me and this is what I do and that's it about a year ago I really made that change into that that's also when I uh, changed my the name of my business to the podcast babes I had a an amazing brand designer design the whole my a new logo colors everything, the whole brand got designed for me. And I think that really made a big change in my business, but also in my own mindset of, okay, now this is like bigger than me. It's not just me, the freelancer anymore, but this is the podcast babes. This is the business now. So I think for, for anyone who wants to start something, definitely build your brand from the start or probably even before the start. That is really interesting too 
that point because a lot of people do in the beginning, similar to you, you're just really focused on getting the clients. But then after you have that person, you have to constantly, constantly be hustling, right? But if you do build a brand, people actually find you and then you warm them up. They know, like, and trust you. And then it's so interesting how they start coming to you instead of the other way around when you do that. But it is a lot of work. It's a lot of work to build that brand. And it is a lot of work to do that in the beginning. But it's kind of similar to passive income, right? Where you do all the work. I mean, it, it is continuous work, but then it does pay off. And then people start coming to you instead of you trying to just look for someone all the time. And it's such a switch. And you're right, that mind shift helps a long way. You know, <laughs> it's yeah. I love I love when I see people and they really have their branding on point because it makes sense. And you are being reeled in without even knowing that you are. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. And I think it's still, even right now, there's a lot of emphasis in branding, but still a lot of people don't know exactly what that is. So when you say branding and what does that mean to you and what should people be doing when they are trying to brand themselves? Yeah, really good question. I don't necessarily say that you need to have someone design your brand for you from the start and spend thousands of dollars to do that. I think if you're just starting out, it can be really, really simple and you don't have to make it perfect from, from the get-go. I think, well, perfection is not a thing anyways, but especially when you start, maybe you don't want to spend all that money on branding, but you can do really easy things like look on Canva, look up some, some, uh, some templates for social media and decide on a few brand, brand colors just so that it looks consistent and that people recognize it. I think that is really important. Or if you don't want to use the Canva templates, there's this place called uh, Creative Market. Sometimes I buy my templates there. They're a few dollars and they're very good sometimes. So you can make it very easy for yourself and very inexpensive, but just make it look uh, professional. I think that's just the thing. And make it look cohesive. You want a cohesive brand. So not not one color one time and then it's a completely different color the other time. Just choose a few colors and stick to that and stick to your templates. But what I mean by building a brand from the start is more that you want to tell people what you do by creating content about it. So whether it's a podcast or a blog, um, you, you want to give people an opportunity to find you. And I think you can, it's never too early to start this because the problem is what I did is what I, I was on, on Instagram and I created some content there, of course, like everyone. But on Instagram, the content is there for a few days, maybe a week tops, and then it's gone. But my podcast episodes, like literally the first few episodes that I released, still, people still listen to those same episodes. And that is what I mean by create content is not necessarily social media content, but really like your own content on a platform that you own and that you can really leverage in, in the future. And you're not, you're not depending on algorithms or what if someone hacks your Instagram or something like that, you know, like you hear these stories sometimes. So make, make it something of your own. So create your own content and not social media content. I think that's more my point. Absolutely. And 
I think also, even if the aesthetics of your branding is not on point yet, it is so much more important to really have your voice, your branding voice on point more than the actual colors and all of that aesthetic stuff. Because I can tell you firsthand, I was so much more concerned about that than the actual content that I was creating and really getting that down pat. And that didn't really matter, right? You can change your colors tomorrow. You can do all of these things. But if your message is really geared towards your ideal audience and your ideal clients, then that's going to matter so much more. And you can always tweak that and pay for somebody, a professional later on. So at the end of the day, it's really about your messaging that is so much more valuable because I've seen so many content creators out there that don't put a lot of time and effort in, you know, the aesthetics. And it just looks like they did it in their basement or something, but people love it. And then they get so much audience from that. So definitely your brand voice, your messaging is extremely important and you have to really understand that. But I think you mentioned this too. And in the beginning, that may not be cleared for you, which is okay. But as you keep going, I think the whole thing is just making sure you're continuous and you're persistent because then you really understand what your audience wants once you start putting your content out there. So that is why branding is so important for for all of us. Yes, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think podcasting is amazing because you can literally have your voice heard and you can literally have a brand voice because it's your own voice. And I think that's the thing. You want people to get to know you a little bit. And that is how you build trust. That's also why podcasting is so awesome for building any brand, but especially a personal brand. And that's why we all love podcasts, right? <laughs> yep. <laughs> So for you, Anne, since you are a digital nomad and you travel quite a lot, not as much anymore because of what's happening right now, but how do you typically manage your time as a remote worker when you are traveling around? Yeah, so I figured that I, I realized after a while that I am very focused in the morning. So since I knew that, I... I'm just trying to wake up, get a coffee, and then go straight to work. Very boring, but I'm not someone for very long morning routines. But I want to dive straight into work, get my work done, and then ideally I would either take a long lunch break or just stop working around 2 or 3 p.m. That is my ideal day. doesn't always go like that, but that is ideal. And I just know that in the evening... I just cannot focus. I cannot do any work. Sometimes if I really have to, I'll schedule an interview or something like that in the evening if there's no other option because that's fun and it doesn't really feel like work. But especially if I need to be very focused, I cannot do that in the evening. So what I try to do is wake up early, get my work done and then do all the fun stuff and see a sunset at the beach. And now I really miss Southeast Asia and my life there. <laughs> <laughs> 
that sounds like a really good morning routine and balance of it. And that's the beauty about working for yourself because you can create that type of schedule for yourself and understanding when you are at your most productive. And I think that's so important to understand. And with anything else, it takes a little bit of time to, to figure that out because sometimes you feel like you're a morning person or you force yourself to be a morning person because maybe you were at a nine to five and that's what you were taught. And then you realize when you start working for yourself that you're actually a midday person or even an evening person. And that's where you're super and hyper focused. So it's really interesting what you find out once you do get out of that mindset that I have to do this or I have to do that. So love that. And I'm the same way. Most of the time I wake up super early in the morning and then do all of my work right in the morning, like midday, the same thing that you're doing. And so I love that. Yeah, full focus, right? And then after that, you can do anything you want. I I, I just find that amazing. (laughs) Yeah, same, same. Either that or what I do is I every time I do a task, I finish it. Then I take a break and then go back and then take a break. Oh, really? I have never tried that. Maybe that's a new new thing to try. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, need a break. Even if it's just for a few minutes, I try to do it. So then like refocus, especially if you're distracted with something. I'd rather be distracted for five minutes than for like an hour and then go back to my work. So <laughs> yeah, that's actually a really good point. I need to try that. Yeah, t- tell me how it goes. <laughs> so and when you we're just starting out and you wanted to start getting income from podcast management. How did you actually land your first client? Oh, yeah, that was tough. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. That first client was tough <laughs> to get. <laughs> I had no idea where to look for clients. So with the course that I took, there was a Facebook group where people would also post job postings or job openings. So there I replied to so many job openings and I never got the job. <laughs> Very sad. But so don't do it. Don't, don't do it like that. I think that's kind of a waste of time, but that's how I did it. And what happened though was that someone posted a job and they didn't hire me, but they were impressed by my portfolio or CV or I don't know what I sent them. And one of her friends was was also looking for a podcast manager. So she emailed me like, hey, is it okay if I send your, your email to my friend? Because she's also looking. I was like, yeah, please do. And then that lady hired me. So I think that that really shows how to get clients. I think if there is a job posting and like 50 people are replying to this one job posting, like you, you have to be really, really good and you have to really stand out from the ca- crowd to get that client but if you get a client or a potential client through networking I feel like that is much easier to get your first client that way so if I would have to do it again I would probably just go full focus on networking meeting new people in the online business space and like I said building a brand and getting people to reach out to me instead of the other way around because it's just so difficult to stand out when there is a job posting and all these people with more experience reply to it. So yeah, I would I would probably give as a tip to network. Yeah. And again, that's why building a brand is so crucial and so important because again, you're reeling people in instead of trying to apply to a job that like you said 50 or 100 people 
are applying to. And also they're the ones that are telling you the price structure, right? Not the other way around. I think also um, if I would start over and I wanted to be a, a podcast manager again, then I would start my podcast from day one. And even if it's unrelated to the topic, I, I wouldn't start my uh, the Podcast Babes podcast now that back then because I didn't know anything about podcasting or like not anything, but not as much to share it with the world. But I would definitely just start a hobby podcast and show potential clients that you actually know how to do this and you do this for yourself, for your own podcast. I think uh, when, if I'm looking, when I'm looking for a podcast manager for my team and they have their own podcast, they're, they're, they definitely stand out and I would hire them much faster than if someone doesn't know anything or just says that they know how to do it. Absolutely. And I think that's the most important thing is when you're hiring somebody is that have they done this? How long have they done this? What has been their results? So that is always a good thing to take a look at when you are hiring somebody. So when you were setting off to start this location independent lifestyle and how much did you actually save and how were you able to budget your money to last? Yeah, good question. But the thing is, like when I started my location independent lifestyle, I, I started with just traveling and I didn't even know if I was going to start a business or when or anything. So I saved about, oh, it's a long time ago, but I think it was almost 8,000 euros. So I think that's like 10K in US dollars. But that was for more for about a year of travel. Is that true? I think that's true. So I traveled, I spent all that money, and then I went to Australia for my working holiday, worked there, saved up some more money. But honestly, it was quite difficult to save money there. I just hated my job that I had, most of them, not all of them, but most of them. And yeah, it was just not great. So I, to be honest, I started with zero dollars, and that was <laughs> tough. I wouldn't recommend that. I think again, if I would have to do it all again, I would definitely save or like, or start my business when I still had money in the bank or save more money before I left or something like that. I don't know, but it was really, really tough to start with zero dollars. Yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. It's just so stressful. You don't want to do that. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to be stressing while you're traveling around. That's kind of it defeats the purpose, right? You don't want exactly. to be struggling while yeah. you're doing that. So yeah, definitely save. And if you can have remote job when you are doing that. So love it. All right, for you and let's fast forward to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? Oh, this is such a good question. Um, I want to be remembered as a, a generous person who shares her knowledge with, with the world through podcasting, of course, and who helps people. I think that also comes down to podcasting, but also clients, but not just clients, but also people around me who can always come to me for advice, for chats. And I would like to be remembered as a good listener, because I think as podcasters, when we do interviews, it's literally our job to listen. So yeah, I think that that's what I want my legacy to be. Absolutely. That's amazing. And yes, that's 
a huge, huge thing to be a good listener to people. And I think most of the time people want to be heard, right? So when you can listen to them, that makes a huge impact with their life. So I love that legacy. And so before we say goodbye, I have five rapid questions uh, for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, let's do it. (laughs) Awesome. First, what is the best money you've ever spent while abroad and why? Oh, my God. (laughs) I think just like a really good coffee after spending a lot of time somewhere in the jungle with no shower. (laughs) I love that coffee (laughs) after the jungle. That sounds like a good thing. (laughs) All right. Describe what your ideal day would look like. Oh, yeah. I thought about this a lot. So I would wake up early work out and go straight to work like we already talked about and I would go out for lunch to a very cute cafe have an extremely good coffee so yeah I'm a huge coffee lover (laughs) I would go on a walk with my boyfriend at the beach I think that's very important too and I would cook really amazing food for us watch the sunset with him and then in the evening I would go out for drinks with my friends Love that. And yes, we just realized that Anne really loves coffee. So absolutely. Yes. (laughs) Coffee lover. (laughs) So where do you think is the best location to live as a remote worker? I think it really depends on what you like and what your what your lifestyle is, because I don't think there is a one remote work lifestyle or one digital nomad lifestyle, but you can really make it your own. So for me, it's 100 percent at the beach. But I also think that some people like cities, other people like mountains. So for me, it's 100% the beach. (laughs) The beach and then coffee afterwards. Sounds like a good day. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. (laughs) If you could have a superpower, what would it be? Um... I think you'll have to cut out all the the parts where I'm thinking. (laughs) (laughs) My superpower. Oh, of course I want to fly because then I can just fly to the next next, uh, destination instead of sitting on a bus for hours or on a plane. I can just fly there myself. I love that. I was talking to somebody else about this and they had the same thing. And I'm like, do you have the strength to bring your husband or your boyfriend with you because <laughs> that's the thing I'm like are you gonna be flying and then they're still gonna take public transportation oh yeah I'll wait, wait for him when I'm there <laughs> you're like you can do that I will wait <laughs> I will be comfortable wait in the Airbnb. I am. <laughs> exactly be like I will be comfortable you know I am not lugging you around we're probably gonna end up <laughs> crashing if I have to carry you so no thanks <laughs> so funny all right last question what's the one thing that you wish you did sooner start a podcast (laughs) love that (laughs) you're like i wish i had done this way sooner yeah i know there's i should have done this five years ago (laughs) right so many people uh say that when they have a podcast they were like i i wish i started my podcast sooner Love it. And that just goes to show you how important and how amazing this platform is. And we're so happy that you joined us today. And if our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? Yeah, you can find my podcast in all the podcast apps, of course. It's called Digital Nomad Stories or The Podcast Babes, two different podcasts. I'm also The Podcast Babes on Instagram, on Facebook, on Clubhouse, 
And my website is thepodcastbabes.com. So it's basically the podcast babes everywhere. Perfect. Thank you so much, Anne, for joining us here today. We really appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you, Davi. It was so much fun. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Anne. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get more information on how you can start and monetize your own podcast. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we're also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. Hey listeners, thank you for listening to this episode and I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.